there's a childproof light like block on this lighter because <laughs> I'm having a hard time lighting the fight tonight, guys. This is David Kozlovsky. <laughs> you guys, so here's how it rolls. We usually record here in our studio on a Tuesday night. And um, usually when I kind of roll in and I'm like all kind of like buzzing because I've just tried to get dinner on the table and I'm, I'm coming in. David comes straight from, I'm not going to call it like, I'll be careful. She comes straight from work. There you go. <laughs> and he's, you can tell that he's zapped. And when I talk to people actually about you, um, I kind of compare your job. I don't know. You could weigh in on this to like a massage therapist where you, you can't just go like eight hours of massage therapy. You, they, there has to be some like, I don't know, do they like take a break in between or they get somebody else to give them a massage and then they can go again? Like I would be the worst massage therapist ever. But that's what I imagine is that you you come here from having like back to, I mean, I have back-to-back meetings. We talk about glitter and <laughs> we talk about planners and we talk about scrapbook paper and it's so hard <laughs> And then David comes here, and he's he's usually pretty toasted. So thank yeah, you that, for coming, David. Thank <laughs> you for coming, even though. No, no, I just t- tonight's just one of those nights, and we talked about before the podcast where that's why my joke was, you know, having a hard time lighting the fight tonight. <laughs> it's like you know the childproof locks on a lighter. Like why is this thing not working? It's like oh, you need to slide the thing over. <laughs> um, so yeah, so welcome to light the fight, and I appreciate that, Heidi. You know, I'll eventually the, the, the dopamine will kick in, the adrenaline will kick in, and, and I'll start getting revving in. But uh, it was a long day with work. Just, you know, it takes a lot of energy to convince some people not to give up when sometimes I think that they just want to tell me that, that you need to convince me not to give up because I've already given up, so go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but today's just one of those days. People are going through a lot harder things than I, I'm well, going through. Well, can I ask so. you a question? Let me ask yeah. you just a quick question because I think this – is interesting to me, maybe to others. How do you keep it? I hate the word compartmentalized because I am the world's most incapable compartmentalizer. Like everything mushes over and is completely personal and non, like I cannot compartmentalize anything. How, how do you, how do you keep it separate when you've got to go home and you've got little kids and you've got a wife and what do you do to manage you? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that I've kind of figured out. I mean, you look, you're getting older, and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, I'm, I'm not getting younger. That's for sure. No, I. When people ask me that question, I, I usually, you know, I try to answer it honestly instead of saying like, oh, you know, you just, you know, you get used to it or whatever. Because part of that's true, but I think for me, like today, for example. Even though today was just for some reason, I've had a couple August, last August, not so much, but every now and then I'll have an August that's really heavy. A few years ago, I had an August where in, I think it was in 14 days, I had 12 of my clients attempt suicide. Oh my gosh. And that was, I, I didn't, I didn't, I'd never had that happen before. It was really ironic and weird. Now, none of them were successful. And actually that was about five years ago. So it was quite some time ago. But things sometimes happen so fast that you don't really understand what happened until afterwards. And so 
I just gotten used to it. Like we talk about in the podcast, like the more reps you do at something, you get better at it. So my um, emotional cardio has gotten better. Like I can handle more people's emotions for a longer period of time. But today, I'll just use today as an example. And without sounding cheesy or whatever, I had to do some things physically. I worked out really hard today. Um, this morning, it was uh, great for me because I was able to go to jujitsu this morning. And that's like my fun hobby. And my instructor... He's a very large man, and he's very good at jujitsu, much better than I am. And today, it took him ten minutes to kill me, and that was a the, <laughs> man, that's a, a good that's, that's a good thing. Like, and there's a couple moves that he knew he couldn't do on me because it was unfair because I got really bad shoulders. So he let go of a couple things that I would have had to in jujitsu. When you tap, that means you surrender, and so he was attacking me, and I was I was so focused on not getting strangled and getting choked that I didn't have to worry about other people's problems for that hour. <laughs> and it was the best thing for me. Now, if you're listening to this, that sounds pretty morbid. This guy's got a lot of issues. Apparently, you have not listened to our podcast. <laughs> I do have a lot of issues. But it was, think about it. I, I'm sitting there and I'm only focused on, so for the first half an hour, 45 minutes, he's teaching me these techniques and I'm drilling them and drilling them. So I'm feeling good that I have new tools in the bag. And then he's like, now I'm going to smash you and that you don't get to use any of those techniques. You just have to survive for as long as you can. And I must have went like 11 and a half minutes. And when I was done, I could barely breathe. And he was trying really hard to get me and eventually got me because it's going to happen. But I didn't have to think about all these. Other it was the best stress reliever. Then I got to go to the gym and I got a really good workout. I got to I'm getting ready to go on a surf trip. And so I was paddling on a surfboard in the pool. So I'm thinking about my surf trip and then I had a heavy day. But if I didn't do those couple things this morning, I would be mush right now. So the answer to your question is I have to manage physical activity. I have to do a hard timeout. Like during my lunch breaks, so I'm driving to do errands. I listen to something, guys, soap operas, which is sports radio. I'll just listen. <laughs> I was to like, something. wait, there's a guy. soap opera. yeah, it's sports <laughs> guys. Soap opera is sports. Ladies. If you did not know that any moms out there listening. Oh yeah. Cause your husband's they're like, well, I don't like gossip, but then I'll see turn to ESPN. It's all gossip. It's man gossip. Right. They're sitting like, you know, this coach said this and they would all worked up about their team. And then you're like, it's a, it's a game, honey. It's not real life. <laughs> so for me, I listen to guy gossip, a little bit of exercise, and then I try to eat pr as healthy as I can, and that's how I get through. But some days, there's just nothing you could do. Like, I just have to realize that when I go home, I have to shut out the lights. Oh, yeah, by the way, at night, if you're feeling really stressed, I this is my subscribe, like, I subscribe this to people. Um, prescribe. I, yeah, prescribe <laughs> this to people, and there's a joke coming, so... Um, I like to watch old Will, Will Ferrell movies that make me dumber. And if I don't have – like my IQ goes down, I'm thankful because I can just like <laughs> – I just kind of laugh. So tonight I'll be watching like an old TV recorded episode of Talladega Nights or or some – or like um, the, the, the stepdad, the other guy or stepdad or whatever. Like just something that I just can be – dumb and not have to think about people dying, divorcing, worrying if if they're going to be able to be good enough for their kids. It, like this week, it's been everybody went back to school. So all the kids are in panic. They're worrying if they're going to make friends and the parents like worried about this being like last year. So it's all real stuff to people, but that's how I deal with it. I watch Will Ferrell, I get choked and I try to exercise and eat not horrible food. And it works somehow, somehow. I'm, just, I'm thinking to myself, well, I 
like to cut pretty uh, cut paper into little pieces. <laughs> hey, that works for you. That's that works right. for you. So, yeah, so there's So a... I think there's a lesson here. I think there's a lesson just in this which is and and it, this isn't actually our topic, but moms and dads that are listening. You guys, us us parents, and this is you too, David, even though your kids are little, um kids require energy. And especially when we're trying to actually build a relationship with them and not just get mad at them or lose our temper or just kind of let all of all the things that we are talking about just come natural, like do what comes naturally, which is like the wrong answer, right? But um, we have to, as parents, do a few things that keep us um, healthy mentally and physically. So you mentioned um, physical exercise that you do, emotional relief, which may be the comic relief. Um, I think it could be argued that even surfing has some emotional relief there for you in particular because you're so into that. Yeah. Um, so I think we have to remember that, especially at times like this when I don't know about those of you who are listening um, this week has been an emotional roller coaster for me as a mom because school is about to start. Everybody's feeling lots of different feelings, and um, there's relationship issues. They're not even my relationships; they're just my kids' relationships. And this person, this group, friend group, went to a movie with these people, and this friend group did this and didn't invite this person. You know, and I just. We got to keep. We got to take care of ourselves if we yeah. are going to support our loved ones. For you, their clients, us, they're they're the people who live in our household. We got to keep ourselves in check. And for me, guess what I did last night? I stayed up the entire night. I had a big photo shoot today. I didn't manage my time well, which is completely normal <laughs> for me. I stayed up all night, and and in on one hand, I kind of was on like this super creative high, like. I kind of had a blast creating. When I woke up, I was I was not okay. And uh, so I was not in a good place for the first day of school. <laughs> well, one thing I want to add before we get into our topic is that um, three years ago this past May, um, well, it, two were back-to-back, but I had three heart surgeries. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned that in the podcast. And it was kind of the best thing that ever happened to me because – Earlier in my career, there was days and I would schedule my Mondays where I would see 10 clients every Monday. And I did that for a few years. Um, of course, you know, my mentor and people like, hey, you know, you got to like, but it was hot. Like I was getting so many people. I was trying to build my career. My, you know, we're trying to save money to buy a home and I just was rolling and everything was going, but I didn't have any kids. Right, And so it, it just kind of like, as things started to stack on my plate, it was getting heavier and heavier and heavier. But when I had the three heart surgeries, so in my situation, my heart surgeries were completely based upon electrical problem in my heart. So it wasn't like cholesterol or bad valves or anything. But what came from it is it put a hard stop on how I viewed everything. And that's when I started to realize that if I, and we joked about this one time i i don't know if this was one of the podcasts that we uh that we erased because <laughs> in the very beginning but we joked about this it's that 
it's hard to do self-care when you don't care. And what I mean by that is when you're at the place where you're in bad habits of overexerting yourself with work, with stress, trying to save the world's problems, and it doesn't have to be a counselor, just being a parent or just a regular person, you're taking on too much. When you're completely in the red and maxed out, you don't care about your self-care as much as you should. So you have to plan for it. And for me, it threw a whole wrench in my life. And ever since my heart surgeries, I've been consistently healthier physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, I will, now I just make time where before I said I didn't have time. And now, even if it's just a couple times for me to do something like jujitsu, before I get mad because I only have 15, 20 minutes to work out. And now I'm like, thank goodness I got 15, 20 minutes to work out. So for all of you guys out there listening, yeah, it's hard to do self-care when you don't care. But now I realize that if I don't do my self-care and I don't care, well, then that affects far too many people. Too many people are expecting me, well, not expecting me. They, they need me and they should expect me to be on my A game, but I can't come to them being like, you know what, maybe you should get a divorce. Oh, wait, did I just say that out loud? Like I can't like give up on people because they're exhausting me. So if you're listening, not if you're listening, but as you're listening, realize that Hopefully you don't have to have heart surgeries, lose a child, um, have major life, you know, things happen, but hopefully you can kind of take a step back and put things into perspective and be like, man, at my best, I probably do things a lot better for myself. And at my worst, I probably don't even put myself on my to-do list. Well, I think that that's such a, I mean, that's another, that's an, that's definitely another reason to, as parents to just take care of ourselves and each other, you know? Um, okay. Well, I did have a topic that I wanted to talk about tonight. Now that we've kind of ranted on a, another really good, I think that was a really good conversation, actually. Good reminder for me too. Um, we have touched on this type of a conversation before, but I've had a few situations this week, um, with actually a few different people not just family members. Um, I did some traveling this week. Um, and when I travel and go and I'm, I'm teaching scrapbook classes or I'm teaching planner classes or these mink technique classes. And when we get all done, people come up, they want to talk to me and they don't want to, nobody asked me any questions about my planner. Nobody asked me what adhesive I use or, you know, how to, how I did this or that. Everybody wants to talk about mental health or relationships of some yeah, sort, yeah, yeah. which like, is affecting their mental health. <laughs> right, right, right. They, a lot of people were sharing with me about that they listen to the podcast or that they have a teenage teenager who's struggling or a, mar a relationship struggling. And so, so this is one of the things that I want to share in it. So I'm, I'm going to pose this just in my in the way that I've perceived it and then I would like you to just kind of weigh in and uh kind of finish finish off our episode here but when you have someone in your life that you can tell they're not themselves um maybe you know maybe they're just down maybe they're just not behaving the same way maybe they're slamming things around and, and maybe you know what's wrong and maybe you don't know what's wrong. 
But sometimes people will say, or I mean, in this podcast, we're wanting to get people to talk to us, right? We're, we're saying, we're making statements and making ourselves available by saying, you know, I can tell that, I can tell that something's wrong. So you don't need to, you know, I just want you to know that I'm here for you and I'll be in the other room or whatever. Some of those things we talk about a lot. What if that person comes to talk to you and they tell you something really hard for them or, or they, they make a statement that, and when I say hard, I mean, what if it hurts your feelings when, when they say it to you? It might not even have anything to do with you and yet it still like cuts you to the core, makes you mad or makes you feel bad or triggers your shame or, or whatever, what's happened. I had a few situations where this happened to me and I saw it happening. I witnessed it happen. And I had this little reminder, this notification, as we like to talk about, that when things happen, this is just a notification to your brain Okay, something's, ha- something's going on here. Um, that sometimes we just have to let people say their piece or let them get it out. I'm going to say a phrase that I've heard. It's a phrase that I heard from Corey. It's a phrase that I've heard from my other children. It's a phrase that I've heard from friends. It's a phrase that I heard somebody else say. Um, I hate my life. So that's not a pleasant phrase, right? And when you're a parent and your child tells you that, first of all, you're offended because you're like, I just, I'm providing you with your life. So that's like a backhand, you know, or a gut punch or whatever. If you're saying it to your friend, I hate my life. Well, the friend's like, you know, not going to take offense because they're not providing that your life for you. If you're accusing somebody of ruining your life, you know, that might also be a gut punch. And I guess what I want you to weigh in on is we do talk about this. We talk about not freaking out, but maybe just talk about when you have a loved one. And in this case, I'm going to say a child, someone or someone that you are a part of providing this life for them. When they say something like that, how do you give, give the Dave, the Dave response or the, the Dave, like what's really going on and how can you diffuse this without taking, without flinging off the handle yourself? (laughs) Well, in our podcast, um, we put a lot of value and you, everybody's heard me talk a lot about the power of making statements, right? But I haven't talked about this before. And that is the importance of using exclamation points. So when put it, okay. So think about it this way. When do we use exclamation points when we're writing? Like, why do we use an exclamation point? Excitement, maybe mad. Energy, like energy. You want to convey energy, right? Yeah, and and I mean, literally, an exclamation point is 
you're trying to convey that the energy level is going up. Whether you're angry and you use an exclamation point, whether you're excited to use an exclamation point, it's always, the way I like to put it, it's, it's our way in writing of putting a highlighter on something so it gets more attention. So when people, your kids, loved ones are coming to you and they're saying things like, I hate my life, they're not making a regular statement. They're making an exclamation point statement. Okay. So how, how this usually works, or I'm just kind of setting the stage here and then I'll kind of weigh in on like, you know, what it means, right? So when someone's saying, I hate my life, and they're putting an exclamation point on it, I want you to imagine that they're trying to highlight that statement so that you will pay closer attention to it and it will be seen as a greater statement than everything else that they've said. When someone puts an exclamation point on something, they're trying to say, no, this is a big issue. I'm really struggling. I'm really concerned. When we try to make sense of exclamation statements, we can sometimes get lost in the emotion of the statement and not see what the message of the statement really is. So I, basically, I like to refer to this as, Sometimes we confuse people's words with the meaning of their words. So I hate my life. You did a really good job of identifying that as a parent. It's sometimes it could be hard to not take that personal because your job is to make their life great. And for the kid or the teenager, they may just be trying to get you to see that they're highlighting something and they're trying to express something. So like we often do here on this podcast, instead of trying to make sense of nonsense, when someone makes an exclamation point statement, a big bold thing like, I just want to die, I hate my life, nobody loves me, again, going back to our questions versus statements, your first response, you never want it to be, well, why do you feel that way? You never want to try to make sense of the highlighter you want to identify that you heard them and that they're trying to communicate something that for whatever reason, they just can't say with normal words. So they say things like, I want to die. Now, a quick little um, disclaimer statement. When we're talking about this, let's be very clear. We're referring to someone who's actually not suicidal. And we're referring to someone who is just being bold in expressing themselves. And it's coming out like, out of a cannon, just they're shooting out all this information. So first step, you don't want to make sense of their emotions. You want to acknowledge their emotions. Okay, so I'm I'm just writing this down. Because <laughs> she's never heard me talk about the exclamation <laughs> statements before. So it's, will you say that one more time? You you want you don't want to make you said some you don't want to make sense of it. You want to acknowledge it. So the first thing, don't try to make sense of nonsense. Okay, got it. Got it. Got step it. number one. Because the definition of nonsense is it doesn't make sense. You get where I'm going with that? Yep. Okay. And if you care and you want to help, what do you think the number one mistake people make? They try to make sense of it. Right. They want they want to identify what's wrong. Why? Wait, I, wait, I, wait I, a second. Yeah. Like, I thought you said you had a bad day. Like, why would you want to not live if you just had a bad day? Like, I mean, was it really that bad of a day? I thought you said you had a couple good things that happened. That's a pathway that you're now not understanding. They're just highlighting it. They don't want you to make sense of it because, hell, they can't even make sense of it at the moment. They're trying to use you as a sounding board to figure out what their emotions are really trying to convey, and they're taking a, a practice run at it. Which, which, honestly, if this is actually happening, 
bravo. Like, give yourself a little pat, pat on the back. You've just, you've, you've just allowed someone to tell you something that's, that's, hard, that, that's hard to talk about, that maybe they would otherwise be keeping away from you or thinking yes. that you can't handle. So, so you're doing something right, actually, if they're telling you this. And, you Maybe. know, I, this has been, you know, I can't remember, I know we talked about this in our workshop and I'll, I'll share this part of it right now. So the first step is just know, don't try to make sense of nonsense because this is going to catch you off guard. Nine times out of 10, someone's not going to text you, say, Hey, at three 30, I'm going to say something crazy. So get prepared. <laughs> right. It, uh, no, you pick your child <laughs> up at three 30 and they get in the car, slam the door, this and that. And like, oh, I just hate my life. And you're like, wait, what? Like you didn't get like a reminder that that was going to happen, it, you're caught off guard. So you're on your heels. So the first thing, don't try to make sense of nonsense. Okay, got it. Okay, got that one. Now, if we take it one step further, if they're just trying to highlight something and they're trying to uh, just share with you something, this is always the go-to. And I've said this before, but I'll put this as step number two. You must thank them in one way or another for actually communicating. All too often, we go quickly to try to make sense of the communication, and we don't acknowledge that what they're doing is really good, regardless that they do it in a very sucky way. Like, they can be saying something really crazy and totally outlandish, and you need to thank them for either some of my favorite approaches. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on a sec. Before you tell me anymore, whatever you're about to say, I just want to let you know, thanks for telling me this. And please feel free to share whatever you think you need to share because I know whatever you got going on, you need to get this off your chest because you got to get the poison out of the building. So please proceed. You gave them the green light. Now they don't have to worry about how you're going to take the information. Like they have. The, so now they know that they can keep talking. I'm writing down get the poison out of the building because I think I can relate to that. When I, when I get all mad and upset, whatever it is, whether it's work, it's my kids, it's whatever it is, I am so much better when I just get it off my chest. I'm a, I'm a talk processor, so I feel better. Well, close confidence, best friends, people that we really trust because we've confided things in them, and for some reason their response to what we said actually helped us instead of made it more confusing. Those people just have a skill set where they don't take it personal, they don't try to fix it, but they're like, okay, continue, you got my attention. They're, they're going to let you know they're, they're hearing you. And so they're picking up what you're putting down. They're going, okay, obviously this is a big deal. Sometimes it's such bad timing when people tell us that. And if you're working or in the middle of something, you're like, okay, I don't want to dismiss what they're saying, but I can't give them the attention that they need. Well, then state that, say, wait a second, hold on a second. Before you continue, I just want to let you know, because think about this. If someone's listening to you for five minutes as you're going on and on and on, and then they stop you and say, hey, you know what? I know this is really important, but I don't have time for this right now. You're like, well, why didn't you just tell me in the beginning? So you have to stop them really quickly. Say, listen, I'm getting this. Like, obviously, this is a big deal. This is something I don't want us to get in this conversation right now because I just don't, I can't give you the time and attention this really deserves. So I tell you what, can we talk about this after dinner? Can, you know, I call you when I get home. Maybe this is a phone conversation or a text. Hey, let's not text about this. Can we talk about this in a little bit? Because I don't want you to think I'm not paying attention. And I know when I start talking about something, I don't want to be interrupted halfway because that pisses people off. 
if you just stop them in the middle when they've dumped all this out and they want some sort of response or feedback and you tell them, I can't do it right now. So tell people if you don't have time, please tell them that we want to do it at a time where you can give them the best of yourself. And a little side note, if you're a little freaked out and don't think you can do this, you can also use that to buy yourself a little time to kind of go back to some of our podcasts or think, okay, what did I learn in the workshop? Okay, don't freak out. I got to be in a calm place. Or maybe you're having a bad day and you want to lash out about things and they just happen to talk first. So like, okay, I'm not in a good place to listen because I want to vent. Whatever the case may be, you can always tell them, let's do this in a little bit, but you have to tell them when you're going to do it and follow through with that. Okay. okay. And this is just a little side note. Okay. So after you don't try to make sense of nonsense, right? And then after you thank them and a thank you could be simply like, you know, man, I'm so glad you talked to me about this. Cause I know for me, if I have to hold this stuff in, it drives me crazy and you need to go back to school. You need to go to practice. And so I'm glad we had a couple minutes for us to talk about this. So there's different ways to thank you, but those are a couple basic okay. ideas. And when you're thanking them and that it gives them the green light, then this is where you do the statements to keep the conversation going. Most people, well, I shouldn't say most, sometimes people will go, oh no, here we go again. Because let's say you have one of those kids or a loved one that this isn't, this is a common thing. Right. They're constantly shooting for the stars. I mean, I have got some teenagers and, you know, they say some things that's like, man, you guys, you should, this should be in a blog. Like this is so like long and in depth and drawn out. And the more they feel your body language that they're losing your attention and that they, they don't feel like you're connecting with them, oh, they're going to say more drastic things. Right, now they right. got to keep on stacking up. You don't understand. Now they're debating and they feel like they have to defend their emotions and feelings. So if you want to have a shorter conversation, more productive and more efficient, you really need to start implementing statements as they're talking to let them know you hear and you see them and you're acknowledging them. So this can sound simply like when they're saying, I want to die, blah, blah, blah. And let's say you just go, whoa, thank you. I appreciate it for trusting me. I really want you to tell me what's going on because obviously this is a big deal. So then they, maybe they take a couple more minutes to vent some more. Then you sit there and you go, man, like, whew, this is heavy stuff. Like, have you been thinking about this all day? Is this something that you're just, am I the only person you've told me about this? Like, I really want to know, like, like what's been going on? Remember, you can make statements, well, you make statements first, then you can follow up with questions. Statements are always, I see you, I hear you. And then once you notice that they're getting some stuff off their chest, then you can ask them questions like, can you please elaborate? Or, um, you know, I, I really want to know more because I don't want to try to like solve your problem, but I do want to hear more. So, you know, I, I don't know. Is, is this something that you feel like you have to figure out right now? Is this something you're just trying to figure out at the spot? Like, I'm just trying to understand where you're coming from. That's totally okay. Once you've thanked them and made a couple initial statements up front. Okay. Now, usually these conversations, people tell me it cuts down at least half the time. They feel heard. Think about it. People don't have to defend themselves if they're being acknowledged. After, after they're realizing that you are in a good place and you're understanding, you're hearing their uh, exclamation points, it calms down their emotions. 
their logical brain starts to figure out some of the complexities of what's going on. And sometimes they start to tell you solutions for themselves. Now, if they're really stuck in a bad place and they go, I don't know what to do. This is uh, hopeless and I just want to give up. Well, in that situation, you want to practice something like this. Huh. And I've said this before, but huh. You know, based upon what you said, I get it. It makes sense. I can see why you're having a hard time dealing with the situation because it seems pretty tough. Sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes they do not want to talk. They just want someone to hear that they're angry and pissed off. And that's a win. Just if they get it out, you acknowledge it, they calm down. And then if people start to go, so what do I do? What happens now? How am I supposed to finish my senior high school? How am I supposed to ever have friends? How am I supposed to do this? Then you tell them, you know what? To be honest with you, I, I don't know, but I think you're going to be able to figure out, and I want to help you figure it out. You start going quickly to solutions. I'm here then. for you. I'm hey. here for you, but be really careful not to be too cheesy. This is why as parents, we got to be creative. We can't go in the really softy, cheesy counselor. If you're a parent and a support person, don't talk like a therapist. Because oh, you can I, use I get, other words. You can use other words. I got best. I got bested for that. Yeah, I mean, and and unfortunately, sometimes when we read great books, um, like Brene Brown's book, like a couple of women, they're huge fans of Brene Brown, and they start to talk like Brene Brown. I'm like, talk like Brene Brown with your friends. Just oh don't talk like with Brene Brown with your teenagers. Can I tell you what's going on at my house? You know, how some people have like a swear jar, and so they're like, okay, every time you swear, you got to put in a dollar. Quincy's like, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a shame jar. Every time you say the word shame, you got to put in a dollar. <laughs> I, I was like, I gotta stop. I got to stop. Well, because, you know, and, and that's true because with your friend group, everybody <laughs> acknowledges that. They accept that language. But with kids, like, use the word insecurities. Stop. Yeah. Okay. Fails. Okay. You know, you use, like, you know, <laughs> you know, hashtag fail. You know, like, right. you have to go down. You have to really make it basic and simple because I, that, that actually helps. That if it's not good. their language, they're not likely going to feel like you're supporting them. Right. And, and I, like I said, that's that's happened. Even though I'm trying, I'm there. I'm acknowledged. I'm supporting, and and then and then I say something like, "I just want to be here for you. I love you." <laughs> there's Doesn't a couple know. of my friends. I don't care if you love me. There's a couple of my friends that work in the same industry and kind of work for ish the same company and I'll be hanging out with them and they start using their company acronyms. I'm like, I'm going to leave this table if you guys are talking like that because you ain't talking my language. Right. Like, remember when we we're in high school and college, I talk like that because I'm a professional all day long. I just want to hang out with you guys and they're like, wait a second. They don't even realize that they're so caught up in a language that they all subscribe to that it's not the language that other people want to hear. And so, and, and by the way, I'm no disrespect to Brene Brown. I think she's great, stuff like that. I'm just using that example because some moms will come to me and they'll tell me, I told my husband that we need to process these emotions and I'm not in a safe space right now. And their husband's looking at them going, huh? What does that mean? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about, woman? Or they use it for their teenager and the teenager's going, huh? And then this one mom, because she's been working on this, she's like, I mean, she was using shame, but instead she used fail. It's like, you know, I just feel like I had a lot of fails today. I'm like fail activated today like she jokes around with it so now she can play with it and the kids laugh at it but that's a good that's a good suggestion for me because i'm i'm seriously like have just annoyed my entire family because i'm fine like i've got all these green not green lights i've got all these light bulbs going off in my head where i'm like oh my gosh this is what's happening but 
not everybody's. Yeah, when you're around <laughs> when you're around middle aged women that all are really trying to work on self progression, mindfulness, all these things. Yeah, talk about all this right. you want, but right. you exclude people using language that they don't feel that they would use. So getting back to what we're saying, people are going to be defensive if they feel like you're not hearing them, if you're not paying close attention, and if you're not using the statements to keep the conversation going. But if you're asking questions to understand where they're coming from, that's where you're going to lose people. Now they feel like they have to uh, explain in great detail something that they don't even have figured out themselves. And a lot of teenagers, their parents lose them, and then they say, never mind, I'm fine. And the parent goes, no, no, I'm just trying to help you. And then how does a teenager say, but you're not helping without offending their parent? That's a really tough... And when you're talking about an emotional kid or emotional teenager or in their an emotional state is better, probably a better way to say it, they don't want to sit there and now they got to coach you to not right. be offended. Right. They're just trying to vent. So give it some space. Put some some air into it. Like kind of like, you know, you kind of like, you know, you, you want to fluff up the sheets a little bit. Like bring some air into things. Kind of make it lighter by just doing all the steps that we just talked about and you'll find a lot greater success because the success is not, did you fix the problem? The success are you helping your child, teenager, younger, help them understand what the real problem is. Because nine times out of 10, they don't even know what the problem is. They just know that they need to put an exclamation point and say things like, I want to die. I can't do this. It's going to be fail. It's going to be go wrong. And they're in such a negative place. You don't want to battle with someone's negativity. You just want to roll with it so they can roll out of it. Oh, I'm writing that. Me and me and Brandon just went. Mm, we wrote that down. You want to roll with it, so you can roll out of it. I love that. Well, and by the way, that I was reminded. I know that concept, but I was reminded of that concept in jujitsu this morning. In jujitsu, when you're sparring, they call it rolling. And if you meet, you know, I, I believe that you know, anyone out there listening to jujitsu, like jujitsu and judo, like part of the translation is like the gentle way, where you don't meet. Um, you know, tension with more tension. Gentle choking. Yeah, like like you don't you don't, you, you don't you don't you don't yeah you don't you don't try to meet someone's exclamation by you throwing an exclamation point. If right. they give you an exclamation point, you give them a wow. That makes a lot of sense. They're throwing an exclamation point, and you want to give them a place for it to land. You want to catch it with yeah, the soft you, landing. Yeah, you want to just catch it with the soft landing. They're jumping up and down on this really dangerous emotional place and you're just providing a net underneath them so that they don't have to fear that they're going to land hard on your ears. Like what they're saying is going to land hard on you. I think, you know, one example, and, and I'm just going to kind of throw this out there to, to end because I'll bet you that there's a lot of moms that are feeling like this. The kids come home from school. I don't have any friends which can feel like to a mom, like that's number one, my, my worst fear is that my friend, my kid won't have friends. Number two, this is me. There are 3000 kids at that school. You cannot tell me there's not one person you can't be friends with that. You know, that's, that's where I go. That's an excellent, I guess, according to this, that is one of those exclamation words where I don't feel like I'm connecting with anybody or I don't like you know, I feel lonely or I feel whatever it can be. It could be what it could mean different things besides that. I mean, they probably have friends at school that they can talk to. They just might not feel super connected, you know, whatever. So I think that that's my encouragement to moms and dads out there this week and this month 
and the rest of the year <laughs> is that when anyone in your life, I really like that visual, what, what you just kind of said gave me like some visual imagery in my head. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to slingshot this exclamation at you. And rather than grabbing it and spewing it back, it's catching it with a down comforter and, and, and then like gently like covering it. Folding and, it back up and, and just like giving kinda, it back to you. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. I think that that's a great way to think about some of these some of these phrases that come out like darts. Well, a lot of those phrases are very definitive statements yeah. and there's not options in those statements. They're like, I can have no friends. I want to die. Like they're yeah. like end all be all type stuff. And one thing um, that it's helpful, and I know there's a lot of little tidbits here that we're saying, one thing is helpful for a lot of parents. And I've had parents give me great ideas with this one is, and we've talked about this again in a different concept in some of our podcasts is that you need to be comfortable with not being an expert on the information that they're slinging at you. All these exclamation points, you have to I'm be I'm going to write that down too. So, like, it's okay not to solve their problem, right? It's well, even more specific than that. So let's say your kid comes home and, then, and they say, you know, I have no friends, blah, blah, blah. And they just start venting at you that, you know, they can't make friends. No one likes them. Obviously an emotional state. The next day, someone texts them back and like, oh, I'm fine now. And you're like, wait, what? Like, I thought they had no friends. Well, that day, like they felt they had no friends. So parents that are comfortable not being experts say things like this. They kind of like look down and shake their head and they go, you know what? Um, full disclosure here. Uh, I actually might be the worst person to help you with this problem because I feel like I have no friends either. Like I am kind of a misfit and it sucks and I hate it. And I know this isn't about me right now, but as you're talking, part of me, like the mom part of me wants to say, no, you have tons of friends. And the real part of me is looking at going, dang, I can totally relate. I felt like that just the other day. Now, don't elaborate. This is, you can make those statements to kids, but the parents would say, you know, when I was a kid, I went through it. They don't want to hear your story. They don't want to hear all long. They just want to know you can relate and that's it. They you don't under, need, you understand where they're coming yeah, from. Yeah, they don't need all the, you know, remember my friend Debbie? Well, a long time Debbie, no, no. Turn just, it into a lecture. Just don't say, turn you know, it into a lecture. I can totally relate. I've struggled with that. And maybe I haven't been the best example to you, of that. And so it might be partly my fault, but obviously right now it's not about me. So I just want to let you know that I've been actually kind of feeling that way myself a lot lately. That right there is a soft catch for that exclamation point that they're, th they're shooting it like out of a bow and arrow, that exclamation right. point. And you're just putting up a nice soft <laughs> down comfort. Like you said, you're catching it and you're giving it back to them and it's no longer an exclamation point. It's a validation. It's understood. It's understood. They're not crazy. They're not absurd for having emotions. I mean, I mean, I've again, in you know, lack of not lack, but I know I've re I'm repeating myself and I repeat myself daily to all my clients. But some things are worth repeating. Some people need you to repeat things and to them a one lot. One thing, one thing <laughs> that helps me and a lot of people I talk to to remember this simple thing is your feelings are real, and they're not necessarily always reality. I love that. So if you are not trying to make sense of nonsense, you can easily understand that, yeah, their feelings are real. So let's just validate the feeling. And once the feeling is validated, it's no longer as powerful of a feeling that it originally was. And the reality of it is, is they could have different feelings the next day. Feelings are like changing clothes. 
they are not going to be the same. They're going to change multiple times throughout the week, sometimes multiple times throughout the day. And the other thing that has that has transpired in, in that in that interchange is that the relationship has been strengthened. Well, now you become a, a more trusted support yeah. person. Every time your kid gets emotional, I want you to think about is an opportunity for you to practice being a better support person. Now, when you're struggling with something, you're going to have a greater influence over them, and they're more likely to take your emotional distress with a, a little bit more you know, sensitivity. They'll allow you to be emotional, and then you can come back from your emotions, and they won't feel the need that, great, my mom or dad, they're flipping out, now they're mad at me. You can actually say, yeah, I'm struggling, this is how I feel. However, I realize that I'll probably eat something and not feel as mad anymore. <laughs> and then they can laugh or about sleep, it. You're modeling or, yeah. for them that you may be tired, hungry, stressed, overwhelmed. You haven't done a lot of self-care, like we said earlier, because maybe you don't care to do self-care. You didn't plan it. And then you can tell them, you know what? I figured out my own problem. I didn't take time for myself today. I didn't do this. So I'm going to put my work aside for a moment. I'm going to go on a walk, do something. I'll come back to it later. You just taught them the best thing you could ever teach them by actually having emotions, working through it, and talking about out loud so they can see what it looks like to successfully go through intense emotions and calm them down yourself. You know, there's oh, there's been a lot of nuggets today. I like I I have like a full page of notes. Um, I've I've decided to learn. Are these grilled nuggets or are they like crispy, crunchy, high cholesterol? It better be grilled. (laughs) It better be grilled right now. Because you're so you know, self care for in my (laughs) family. It would definitely be breaded. And all honestly, I'm going to beach in three weeks. So apparently, when I know I'm going to go home the beach, I I care more about my self care then because you know, let's be honest, be surfing outside all the time. That's right. I know. Shirt off. I got a flashy. I got to show off all my scars and. I got crate. It looked like I got attacked by a great white on both sides because <laughs> my heart surgeries came from the side. So I just, I, I don't want to feel too insecure with my shirt off at the beach. So I want to, you know, get gotcha. in a little bit better shape. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate this, David. I know that you're, I know that you kind of had a day, um, but this is, this is real stuff. And um, I think that it's for me when those exclamations come in, I can get pretty defensive about it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be practicing this. And if you guys want real life proof of that, go back to our earlier podcast when Heidi's daughter came home one day and she started saying, wish we could be more like this other family. And then Mm -hmm. Heidi got very defensive. That's a good, if you haven't listened to that podcast, I don't know what episode that is. I think it's episode three actually. I think that's when our listeners were like, wow, I really like this woman. (laughs) (laughs) She was really she screwed up big time like nobody <laughs> debated that that was the wrong move at that time so right, if you don't right. know what i'm talking about please go back to number three and listen to heidi's uh that was the shame the first shame that one. that was right? our first shame one yeah first shame one right when i when i learned about or first hashtag activating. fail yeah there we go heidi's first fail on the podcast oh gosh anyway well thank you as always for joining us um and we know <laughs> we're not gonna hope anything this is gonna. This is gonna help you guys. This is gonna help. We're not gonna help. Make we an know. exclamation point. We know. We know. This is gonna be a game changer for you. So think about those uh, exclamations. Think about the down comforter that you're gonna return them in, and uh, you should be good.
Yeah, and a little helpful reminder. I'm just giving ideas and suggestions. We, we need to, I forget, we need to add in the disclaimer. This is not therapy. David Koslowski is not your therapist. And please do not take these things completely literal. We need some sort of disclaimer just to make sure people know. We're just giving suggestions, things that work for other people. But we do ask you to try to work with these tools and figure out how you can use them with your loved ones and let us know how it works. Yeah, and and so that brings me to kind of my last parting thought, which is we love hearing from you. There's multiple ways that you can get a hold of us. One, you can go straight to our website, like the fight. You can send us a message. You can also go to Instagram or Facebook. You can DM us or private message us on those platforms. We love to hear both your questions, your concerns, your tough situations you want to talk to us about. And, and that we can kind of address in our DMs. And we love to hear your wins. So don't hesitate to, um, to share those with us as well. So as always, um, thank you for coming to Light the Fight. Even if you brought your child-proof lighter, we thank you for being here. <laughs> and um, I guess that's it for this time. Peace out. <laughs>